Hi everyone, my name is Annie and I will be reading the scripture passage for this week, which comes from Luke chapter 12 verses 22 to 32 in ESV. Feel free to follow along in your own Bibles or with the passage on the screen. Once again, Luke chapter 12 verses 22 to 32. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap, they have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The word of the Lord. Good morning, Cornerstone. It's wonderful to be with you again in this way and also to share God's word with you. But before uh, we delve into the teaching here in Luke 12, I need to confess to you and to the Lord that I struggle with anxiety about certain things. Uh, just recently, I can use the example of, uh, as some of you know, uh, I have been remodeling my uh, one of our bathrooms in the house. And the Lord has revealed to me again that there's areas in my heart um, that anxiety wells up from. And I've realized I've, I've become anxious through this uh, project of remodeling the bathroom. I'm doing it myself. Of what caused anxiety. And uh, things like uh, not doing things correctly causes anxiety. Um, maybe what I would consider doing things poorly or failing and doing it. Uh, and then I'm, I envision going to the, into the bathroom uh, in years to come and looking at the poor work that I did and feeling frustrated, and, and that causes anxiety. And, um, and so the Lord has really revealed through this project how I can continue to struggle trusting in Him uh, in different areas of my heart. And yet, though, I think of other things that I don't feel anxiety about. For example, when I uh, quit my job uh, as an engineer and I was planning to go to seminary, my mom was... Um, concerned about the issue of money, uh, rightly so, because she was wondering how was I going to pay for the tuition of seminary and room and board for the three years the degree uh, would take to finish and complete. And, um, but I, myself, I didn't worry about that. Uh, it didn't concern me because I had a little savings, but not much. Um, and besides that, I knew that would run out quickly, but I, I knew that the Lord had, I was sure that the Lord had called me to, to go into full-time ministry 
and that uh, I was going to go to seminary. And so I figured he would provide the means for doing so since he's the one who called me. And sure enough, after I got to Denver and got settled a little bit, um, he provided two jobs for me. One was delivering pizzas at night for Pizza Hut. And the other one was being a part-time technician for a company uh, that worked with high-speed duplication equipment, which uh, I was familiar with because of the business my uh, dad had started years before that. And so I could use that skill there, plus my electrical engineering background, so I could figure things out too. So God provided money for me through those two jobs to pay the bills that I had at that time. And my faith grew because of it. You know, there are things that we are all anxious about. And things like, uh, could be our health, um, or our children, or our grades, or our job security, or our career paths, or what college will accept us. Um, it could be our retirement plans, or our upcoming death we see, whether we're getting older or maybe we have an illness that's bringing us closer to that, or just maybe the future in general what causes us anxiety. But how do we understand Jesus' um, teaching here in Luke 12 that Jesus does not suggest, but he commands us as his followers to not be anxious? I mean, is this practical? Is this, this is, can we even possibly do this? I mean, I'm, you could point at me and say, Jeff, you've been walking with Christ in faith for 40 years. And here you are, still struggling with anxiety in some things. Um, but absolutely, uh, we can continue to find victory in our anxiety. Because as Jesus said in Matthew chapter 19, with God, all things are possible. And amen to that. I have found today I am less anxious about, uh, about things than I was 40 years ago. Now, there's, there's a difference between anxiety and worry um, and then simple concern. Uh, we have anxiety and worry over here. We have simple concern. And worry, uh, I love this definition. Someone has defined it as a small trickle of fear that meanders through the mind until it cuts a channel into which all other thoughts are drained. When we are anxious, when we worry about thing, uh, something, we are so preoccupied with whatever it is that we have a really hard time thinking about anything else. And actually, anxiety can strangle and negatively affect our lives in multiple ways. Uh, for example, some of us have had the experience of going blank during an exam or maybe forgetting a line during uh, a theatrical performance or shaking like a leaf where we're nervous and we're, we're actually shivering or shaking during a job interview. We just can't stop it. You know, you, you got to hold on to something so they can't see your hand shaking. Um, yeah, and or I remember how nervous I was, or maybe you do, whenever you, you like somebody and you want to ask them out on the first date. You, you feel very anxious about that. It's hard to th not think of anything else. But then on the other hand, simple concern is healthy and shows our care. 
it's when we show concern for something, we may feel a little bit tang of like nervousness, anxiety, we could say, but I'd say call it more nervousness for just a short time. And then we're able to move on to other things. It doesn't occupy our minds. It doesn't like make its camp in our mind and then we can't think about anything else. So we're, the simple concern is that when we're concerned about things like uh, maybe who's going to be the next president or when a friend is having a bad day and we know about it or maybe our sports team, whether or not they're going to win the next game. Um, those, are, those are just simple concerns. But when these things occupy our minds more and more and more, and that's all we can think about, then it transfers for simple concern to anxiety and worry. And then all, we can't move on. We're stuck in thinking and recycling this same thought over and over again. So ultimately, when we are anxious, we lack trust in the Lord God in some way. And there are four major reasons for uh, why we are anxious. And the first is that we feel a threat to something we consider important, you know, such as our self-esteem. Um, most of us like to look good and perform well. And if others notice it, yeah, we even feel better, right? And we feel threatened by anything that might harm uh, our self-image or imply that in some way we're not capable. And some of us may become anxious for example, like I mentioned, taking exams. When we think of taking a test or an exam, we just get so anxious about it. Uh, or maybe about possibly getting a promotion. Are we going to get it or not? Are we going to get it? And we get all anxious about that. Or, or doing something that we, where we might risk failure. Get super anxious about whatever that may be. Uh, the second reason we may be anxious is due to conflict. Now, this involves, uh, could involve something that uh, gives us alternate choices. Uh, for example, uh, we get offered a new job for more pay, but along with that means they will require us to move. And so we are attracted to the new job, possibly the new opportunities and higher pay, but we're conflicted because we don't want to move. And so there's this conflict, and that may cause a lot of anxiety in our hearts. Or maybe when we enter college, what major are we going to choose, right? That may cause us anxiety. Um, or if in this sense with conflict, uh, more commonly, is how do we reconcile with the person that we may have hurt or who has hurt us? That kind of conflict may cause us great anxiety. And then the third reason that we may be anxious is fear. And people are afraid of all kinds of things, afraid of failure, uh, the future, rejection, people fear intimacy, uh, taking responsibility. If people fear, uh, people fear responsibility or meaninglessness in life, or just uh, like sickness or death or loneliness. People even fear change in many cases. Fear of failure caused me great anxiety uh, at one point in my life in the past. Um, before I graduated Denver Seminary. So I went to seminary and I was in the process. I actually stretched a three-year degree to five years. And uh, when I was about to graduate, uh, I remember how anxious I became about the oral exam. So at that time, uh, I don't know if they still do. I imagine they must. Uh, Denver Seminary required of all their Master of Divinity graduates to go through an oral exam. 
And what this meant is we had to write our doctrinal statement, what we believe, supported from the scriptures. And then we had to turn that in. Uh, and then we had to sit down with two professors uh, in an office and do the oral exam, which just meant they could ask me any question about my doctrinal statement and or anything in the scriptures. And the thing was, we couldn't bring our doctrinal statement with us, and we could not bring a Bible with us. We had to just answer off the top of our head. It was very intimidating uh, for an hour and a half to do that with two professors. And I was so worried that I would fail um, and not be able to graduate after like five years of working on my seminary degree. And I just kept saying the whole week, especially before the exam, I'm going to fail. I'm not ready. I'm going to fail. And um, it drove me crazy. We were married at the time. And I kept remembering all the courses I took, and I just did enough work to get a good passing grade. But then now I forgot a lot of what I had learned. I couldn't recall it. Well, I made it through the exam, and I passed. Praise be to God. Um, and May was sure glad that was over with. And I was surely driving her crazy. You could talk to her about it at another time. But I think back, and I did not graduate from Denver Seminary as a shining example of trusting in the Lord in regards to my oral exam. Well, the fourth reason we may be anxious is unmet needs. Now, some of the basic needs of people are just food and clothing and shelter, um, intimacy, significance. I mean, just imagine how would you be if tomorrow you didn't have any food and you didn't have the resources to get it? How would that, would you be anxious about that? Or that you're losing your, your shelter, your home, and you have nothing set up in the next couple days? You know, would that cause anxiety? Uh, so we have threat, conflict, fear, and unmet needs are just some of the reasons uh, that cause people to worry and be anxious. But Jesus commands us not to be anxious. Now, this is so radical because it's such a part of our normal human uh, experience. So let's take a look at what Jesus is saying in Luke chapter 12, verses 22 through 32. Uh, let me lead us in prayer before we do. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing to you, our, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's uh, first look at the context of our text, 12 through 32, um, to see uh, what Jesus was uh, talking about uh, to give us a better understanding of what he's saying in our text. So the first word that Jesus mentions in verse 22 of our text is therefore, which then simply means he's connecting what was just immediately before to what he's saying now at this time in our text. And, and beforehand, Jesus told this parable of the rich fool who was a guy who received a lot of uh, uh, harvests and uh, wealth, we could say, and so he built bigger barns to store his wealth so he could then live uh, comfortably for himself in a life of comfort and uh, unconcern about because he had all this wealth. And then he died. God called his life. 
and he didn't get the chance to enjoy any of it because he, his life, his time was up. And then Jesus teaches after telling this story, he says this in verse 21, right? The verse before our text. So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And here our treasure is simply anything that we give great value and affection and which we will carefully protect. And so the point is that we cannot serve God effectively uh, if we have anything in our life that we make uh, an equal importance with God himself. And, and in this case, then we are not rich toward God because we're holding things and using it just for ourselves. Um, we must strive to reject whatever pulls us away from full devotion to the Lord God. Uh, and one great pull for all of us is our physical needs. And so therefore, Jesus commanded us not to be anxious about our physical needs in the first two verses of our text. Listen to them again. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. So beginning from these verses on in our text, we see that Jesus gives us three reasons why not to be anxious. And he explains the first reason, giving two examples in verses 24 and then, then in 27 through 28. Here, here's what they say. Listen again. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Oh, of how much more value are you than the birds? And then 27, 28, consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? So the two examples are birds and the lilies of the field, the grass. And in both of these, God stressed, or Jesus stressed, of uh, if God is so um, concerned and caring for the birds, these lesser forms of life and the grass, how much more will he care for you and me, his people? In other words, God loves us very much and he cares for us. And so do not be anxious because, and the first reason is, because God cares for you and for me. God cares for us. You know, there was a time when May and I um, experienced a period of a few months when uh, the first church we served in as a couple, uh, they had a daycare and they had lost a lot of money uh, in running the daycare. And so uh, they couldn't pay us uh, for a few months. And so it was really tight for us. Um, and it wasn't an easy time. But the reason I bring this up is because we had two cats at the time. And, and May and I uh, remembered the cats every day about the time for their time to eat. They would come to us and just look at us and meow. And they would just rub against our legs and have no concern. They just were waiting for their food. They weren't anxious about us not feeding them or whatever. And of course, we fed them, right? It's not like we're going to withhold their food because we're tight. Uh, they were our responsibility. 
And so we fed them every day. And they had no worries about it. And, and if you think of it, it's like a child is not usually anxious about whether or not their home is going to be there when they get back from school or if mom and dad are going to feed them that night or not um, because they trust that their parents will provide for them. Uh, they're not anxious about those things um, in most families. And so uh, children do not worry about these kinds of things. And in the same way as Christians, as children of God, that we can trust that God, who cares for us, will provide for us and the things that we need. He will supply what is best for us. Now, some people react to this, uh, and th this kind of thinking that means that we can sit back and be lazy and just not take responsibility because God's going to provide for us, right? Um, but this is not what Jesus is saying here, implying and teaching. Because if you think of just the metaphor of the birds, right, uh, God provides for them, but they still have to fly around and gather the food and find the food that he makes available to them. And in the same way, uh, we must be working to gather what God makes available to us to provide for our needs. But he is the one who ultimately provides those uh, physical uh, things for us. So we are not to be anxious about these things, because God cares for us. That's the first reason. And then Jesus gives us a second reason why not to be anxious in verse 25. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour <clears throat> excuse me, to his span of life? In other words, anxiety adds nothing to our lives. Absolutely nothing. Uh, it's of no help to us. And the second reason why not to be anxious is that anxiety is a waste. Anxiety is like a rocking chair. Uh, it will give you something to do, but it won't get you anywhere. Um, anxiety is a waste of our time, our energy, and our emotion. Um, a quote here, anxiety is faith in the negative, trust in the unpleasant, assurance of disaster, and belief in defeat. Anxiety is wasting today's time to clutter up tomorrow's opportunities with yesterday's troubles. Let me repeat that last part. Anxiety is wasting today's time to clutter up tomorrow's opportunities with yesterday's troubles. Anxiety not only adds nothing to our lives, but we know from medical science that it even can cause illness. And somebody has said that ulcers are not caused by what we eat, it's, they're caused by what is eating us. An average person, for example, uh, somebody has done uh, a study on this, uh, average person's anxiety is focused on 40% of the time on things that will never happen. 30% of the time, things about the past that cannot be changed. 12% uh, uh, things about criticism by others, mostly untrue. Uh, then 10% about health, which actually gets worse with stress. So once you begin to be anxious about your health, that's actually worsening it. And then 8% about real problems that will be faced. The point here is anxiety is a waste. This is the second reason Jesus gives of to not be anxious. And then Jesus gives us the third reason why not to be anxious in verses 29 through 31. And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor 
be worried, for all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. So the third reason is that God knows what we need. This should be comforting to us. God is not surprised by anything uh, that happens to us. Um, Therefore, we can trust our Heavenly Father who cares for us to supply what we need. Now, this has got to be clear here. It's not what we greed, but it's actually what we need. And God knows what we need more, probably better, way better than we do. Um, for example, here's a story to illustrate that. A man in England during the time of World War II uh, heard the uh, sirens uh, that warned of an air raid. So this man had a breathing problem. Um, for years, and so uh, it's hard for him to quickly get to the bomb shelter because he can't really run. Um, so he, the man began to pray and ask the Lord to help him get to the safely to the bomb shelter, and uh, before a bomb would, or so that a bomb wouldn't go off near him and hurt him or kill him. And right after he was done praying, a bomb exploded nearby, and a piece of shrapnel hit him in the chest, and this man was super angry as he was being taken to the hospital because God didn't answer his prayer. And after the doctors did their surgery on him, they informed this man that while they were in his chest removing the shrapnel, they found a sliver of wood lodged in his lung that was causing this ongoing breathing problem. So they removed it. You see, God knew exactly what this man needed. So let's review these three reasons Jesus gives us why not to be anxious. They are that God cares for us, anxiety is a waste, and God knows what we need. But if we stop here, we would be missing the key, a very key point to being able to do what Jesus is commanding us to do and not to not be anxious. And we see this in verses 31 and 32. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. For us to ever hope to live life without anxiety is for us to seek his kingdom. It all falls together. Before this text, Jesus said, and let me read that again in verse 21, so is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And now he's commanding us to seek the kingdom of God. In other words, if we think of ourselves as servants of God in his kingdom, then we have no need to be anxious because the king is responsible for his kingdom and all the needs that there lie within that kingdom. Um, So if needs in our lives arise, which they will, um, whatever they may be, then it's just natural to go to the king because it's his responsibility to supply what is needed. But if we make ourselves or we see ourselves as king of our own lives, then any needs that arise become 
our burden and our responsibility in our minds to try to solve and meet. And that's where the anxiety and worry comes in. For example, if our kingdom that we build is our career, then anything that goes wrong, we will look to ourselves and the resources around us to try to solve whatever problem it may be. And if there's a problem in a, like I said, in a, a kingdom, we go to the king. But in this case, we've made ourselves king. And so we bear that burden, that anxiety ourselves. But if some needs come up in our, in, in our life, now I'm talking about not greed, we have to distinguish the two, but a real need, and we see ourselves simply as a part of God's kingdom, that he is the king, then we are free of anxiety because God is aware of our need and he loves us and he's going to take care of us and we can trust him to do so as he promised. You know, as I confessed in the very beginning uh, of today's this message, I continue to be anxious about certain things. And I mean, I've been walking with Christ for a long time. But this is just evidence that we're all in the process of being transformed into the image of Christ. And this is a message for all of us, especially for me, as I confess to you. And we need to hear the teachings of Jesus over and over and over again, because it is He is the truth and His words are truth. And the more that we accept the truth, we will be set free because the truth will set us free. How do we see God's king how do we seek God's kingdom? How do we do this? What does this look like? Well, basically we do everything as if we're doing it for God. As Colossians chapter 3 verses 23 and 24 put it very clearly there, it says, "Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men." since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So let's get it practical here. Driving our car is unto the Lord. So do I drive thinking of myself only? Cutting people off to get to my place quicker? Um, tailgating others? Or yelling and cursing or giving the finger to others who do the same to me, like tailgate me or cut me off. Um, or we drive as unto the Lord. We don't do those things because we're thinking of the other person, not just thinking of ourselves. We're thinking of Christ. How do we honor and worship our Lord God through our driving? Um, another one, when we get sick. Or maybe we get injured in an accident or some accident, uh, like sporting thing or whatever, just get injury. How do we get sick and be injured as unto the Lord? Well, do I complain about the inconvenience to my life? Um, do I use my health limitations then as a reason not to serve God? Can I just take a break? Um, or do I see my sickness and my injury as an opportunity to trust in God's care? You know, this is seeking God's kingdom in everything in life. You know, Hudson Taylor, 
missionary to China and founder of what is known today as Overseas Missionary Fellowship, gave this excellent advice. I quote, Let us give up our work, our plans, ourselves, our lives, our loved ones, our influence, our all, right into God's hand, and then when we have given all over to Him, there will be nothing left for us to be troubled about. Amen. See, when we seek God's kingdom in everything, then we're actually passing on our anxieties and worries to Jesus, over to Him. They're his, that, that's His problem. We just seek His kingdom in everything we do. It's all for Him. Let's pray together. Lord, we, we know we fall far short. Lord, and as I confess, I continue to see anxieties well up in my own heart. And I know the same happens for my brothers and sisters of Cornerstone. Lord, we, we desire in the power of your Spirit to experience the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and you, Lord, and that your truth would truly set us free as the more and more we are transformed into your likeness, as we step in obedience to following what you have commanded us to do, to truly trust that you will provide for us what we need, when we need it, in your timing, because you know what's best. And Lord, we pray for that peace that passes all understanding. For your glory's sake, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Brothers and sisters, it's a blessing to be with you again. We'll see you next week.